Hey there, Tomorrow's Leaders. So today's guest is a full-time voiceover artist, which is a field that I'm fascinated by because I've always had a desire to do movie trailers. Starts Friday at a theater near you. But she, unlike me, is the real deal, and she does it for a living. And she's got a really cool background, too. She used to be a news reporter, did some work actually for NBC and Fox. So she talked a lot about just her overcoming different fears and stepping outside her comfort zone and how she got different jobs and taking a lot of initiative and then making the launch to do what she's doing now, which is her full-time career and business. So really cool person, obviously a great voice you're going to love listening to. So here's Erica Del Sordo. Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Larito, your host, here today with a fantastic guest, Erica Del Sordo, who is a former news reporter and now a full-time voiceover artist and podcast host. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for that welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here with you. Yeah, it's great. Well, there's a few reasons. One I, I, that I wanted to have you on the show. One is uh, I, I think your story is great. I thought it'd be great to share with the audience. You've got a lot to share. And I love your voice. I love it. Thank so you. I think people are in for a treat because they're going to they're gonna listen to this over and over again because you've got that soothing uh, voice that uh, is like listening to music. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, there's so many things I want to ask you about, but you know, you, you have, uh, you've really got an interesting background. Um, you know, I, and maybe, maybe the best place to start is uh, a little bit from the beginning of your career. Um, you were sharing with me, obviously you are a f- former news reporter. You started, I believe as a news reporter. Is that how you started your broadcasting career? Actually, that came later. I had started writing news, but this all goes way back to, you know, what's funny. I had wanted to go into police work when I was young. Um, And so I started as a community service officer where I just basically did kind of like traffic accident investigation. I wasn't a sworn officer. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a little less than a couple of years. And I decided after a few mishaps um, on the job, it was um, it was really bad. I had gotten injured a few times and we'll leave it at that. But uh, I said, you know, I need a different career direction. And it was about 2000. It was 2001 when I kind of went, well, I don't know. You know, when I worked for the police department, anytime I'd key up on the radio, they'd be like, you have a great radio voice. And I never saw myself doing that because I was always a very shy person. I didn't like being in front of the camera. I didn't like keying up on the radio where no one could even see me. And it wasn't even a broadcast issue. And what's so funny is I ended up going to school. I went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale for two years, graduated in 2003. Didn't really like what I was doing at first in 2001. 2002, I started really liking it. 2003, I fell in love with what I was doing. And I realized this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I feel very comfortable speaking 
And it just, you know, I had a, a great internship at one of the radio stations. I did very well at that. Um, and then it moved on from there. And I do want to mention to folks, by the way, regarding internships, um, I still get phone calls for voice work and job offers from people from 21 years ago wow. um, from when I was doing those internships. They pay uh, off. And just don't burn bridges, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, do a great job and just be professional at everything you do, because I'm still getting phone calls from people 20 years ago. That's amazing. Well, you may obviously made a great impression. I, I believe so much in internships, too. So for you know kids that are out there that are thinking about it, whether to do it or not, whether it's paid or not, doesn't matter. It's the experience, it's the contacts, it's all that. Uh, so that's great. So it, what's interesting though, is you, so you were shot. You were not somebody who would have at some point in your life uh, envisioned yourself doing this. Was shyness, was how shy were you? I mean, was it a big I deal? That's what's amazing. I did not like to get up in front of people um, in school. If I won an award, let's say, or something, I'd make sure I was sick at home that day because I didn't even walk up. I didn't want to walk up onto the altar and receive my award. That's how shy I was. Wow. Um, I wasn't such a shy kid, but I guess that came toward my teenage years. And I was just extremely shy. Wow. Um, and then it just came natural. You know, later on, I did a WPBT2 a pledge drive. Mm -hmm. And I stood there as they were introducing and my co-host was introducing something and I was shaking like a leaf, petrified, shaking. This was about, oh, maybe 2012, 13. And um, all of a sudden it was my turn to speak. And the moment I opened my mouth and started speaking, everything calmed down. I stopped shaking. I was completely calm. This is when I realized, like, this is really what I'm supposed to do because wow. so I can't believe how yeah. my speaking just calms me. Were you surprised by that? Like, were you expecting it to be a bit disaster? And you just, yep. you were in the zone. <laughs> Wow. I was expecting a huge disaster. I can't believe, you know, if I showed you the video, you would never see my mouth quivering, but my mouth was quivering it's and it wow. just stopped. I completely calmed down yeah. and the show was great. We did a great job. It yeah. was a lot of fun. So that was later on. <laughs> That's amazing. What? Well, it's interesting. First of all, people usually never seem as nervous as they feel because I talk to a lot of people and they're like, I can't, you know, they do a presentation. Maybe I watch it and, and give them some feedback. They're like, I know I came across so nervous. I'm like, no, nah, actually, you always feel more nervous than you are. Mm -hmm. But was it, do you think that came for you? Was that just because that was your calling and that's your passion and your 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 comfort zone how does somebody find that how does somebody bring that out where they can go up on stage and just be relaxed or did it just happen kind of naturally for you it just happens naturally i couldn't yeah. tell people how to calm themselves um i honestly have no have no tips i just i started speaking and it just relaxed me and i realized that i was supposed to be there and everything came together wow. and i remembered my it was half a script you know some of it was prompted some wasn't um and it was, I don't know, it was just so natural. And I think that's when you realize that you're doing the right thing in life when it yeah. comes that natural. Well, it's to interesting you. too. And I think a lot of that is is stepping outside your comfort zone. You never would have known that had you not been in a position where you were facing a fear. You were nervous going into that. I think most people shy away from even those experiences that mentally give them any kind of anxiety um but you don't know you can overcome that if you push yourself through it and in your case mm -hmm. you might just find that that's a it's a life passion of yours and what you're really meant to do yeah yeah and you know what's funny so i did some news writing and everything and it was the last gig i had before i went full-time into voice work that i was a traffic reporter for 15 years on television and radio now 
I was behind the scenes. I was a traffic reporter, but all you saw was the camera and I would just speak over. It was a voiceover over the roads. Mm -hmm. So I was never in front of the camera. So even starting my podcast was a huge deal to me because I'm not used to being in front of the camera. Yeah. I'm used to reporting traffic. I'm not used to interviewing people. Yeah. So this is all very, very new to me. But another mm -hmm. reason why when I had done that pledge drive, I'm just not used to being in front of the camera. Yeah. And it worked out well. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that when you're a traffic reporter, you're not, you weren't on the uh, camera. You were just, it was just audio. Was it live mm -hmm. or did you re was it recorded? It was live. We did okay. traffic in the mornings from 5 to 9 a.m. every 15 minutes and it was live. Wow. So are you, not were you up in the helicopter? Are you doing it that way or how was it? No, no, actually we did a tandem thing. I, there was a gentleman in the helicopter and we did tandem traffic. Uh, it was Miami Dade in Broward counties down South. Mm -hmm. And if he was flying over an accident in Miami Dade County, well then he would take Miami Dade and I would report Broward County and vice versa. Ah. So we did it like that. It was tandem traffic. He was in the helicopter and I was sitting on the ground. Yeah. Live stuff has got to be nerve wracking because, you know, I do presentations live, you know, you know, you know, you're in front of an audience, but when you're doing something like that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you too. Did you ever screw up? <laughs> yeah, there, there were times when I was kind of like, whoa. And it's funny that you talk about my voice being so relaxed. I, I didn't mess up a whole lot, but there was one time, I think I was talking about a roadway that only went east and westbound. And I said northbound and no one caught it. And I say no one because new in the news, people catch everything. And then they call into the news station and they want to complain and write in and they, and it's, and I went, wow. And I asked the news station, I said, no one caught that. No one caught that. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> so we just kept going. But yeah, there were yeah. moments when, oh goodness, the helicopter almost crashed once and wow. he let out a fantastic curse word. And, and, um, it's just, you know, there were moments when you want to say a bad word and you just you're like yeah. searching for the you know it's it's something else there wow. you've got drunk drivers you've got uh oh, school yeah. zones you've got pets that have been injured you've got and it's really tough to report on that live yeah i would imagine so um that's that's pretty fascinating so then what happens next with your career how long did you do that and then would you move on to well, that's what I did for 15 years. I started in 2004. It was the end of 2004. Mm -hmm. And I had worked up until 2019. Okay. And that's when I decided to move to North Florida. And this is when I made my own business. Gotcha. Uh, so now I'm full-time voice work and podcasting. But it was prior to that, that I had written news for NBC Universal down in Miami. And uh, I had worked for the Miami Media School. And I taught... Um, well, I taught broadcasting, of course, and then I taught writing, wow. uh, the proper writing etiquette for news. And that wow. was interesting. And, and within my company for 15 years, the two of those years, I was acting uh, director of operations. So I was the interim director. And then I stepped out of that and maintained my my on air status. So mm -hmm. it, it's been a busy career and it's been a fun one. What was your mo I mean, I mean, you 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 were saying you I mean, you wrote for NBC. That's got to be a pretty exciting job. Was that fun? <laughs> That was We're interesting. Stressed. You know, it's funny because when you're sitting in the same spot and, you know, like you don't move, it's it's about 10 hours of just sitting in the same seat, but it's the news is always different. 
And that was the exciting part about it. There's something new. And that's it's funny because I, I really enjoyed the police work being outside of the car and being out just outside, period. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how on earth am I going to sit still for 15 hours a day in one place? Well, that's what's nice about what I did. There was traffic was always different. There was always I was on the edge of my seat because we were live every 15 minutes. Um, wow. News writing. You've got a different story every day, although it was Miami. You definitely had several people die. You know, it, it was just every morning was the same thing. So wow. that gets a little bit monotonous. It's like, seriously, yeah. was it high pressure? I mean, are you like under obviously you've got a deadline. You've got to write these the story mm-hmm. uh, before the live show. Was there a lot of pressure? Yes. And that's part of actually the good part about it. The pressure is good because it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It makes the time go by fast. And yes, there's a lot of breaking news, especially being in the Miami Broward County area. You know, you always got breaking news. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I, so my, I have a twin sister, Julie, who was an intern oh. at uh, a TV station in Hartford, I remember. And uh, she would tell me that there would be times where they're still typing the story into the teleprompter during the live show as the the reporter is as the the you know anchor is going through the story so the story's not even fully into the so it was just that type of environment i can't i can't even imagine dealing with that kind of stress no that's why you have to you know think on your feet improv you've got to and of course traffic reporting for 15 years taught me that as well all of a sudden you know there were on a couple of occasions and i think i have one of those demos i think i have on uh, ericadelsordo.com um, when I'm, I'm in the middle of speaking and a car flips out of control over an embankment and you, you better think on your feet, <laughs> you wow. got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's great. So do you think that, I mean, that that's pretty amazing because most people don't get training about how to think on their feet. Somebody was asking me about this the other day. That's really valuable, right? I mean, what is, how has that helped you to be able to deal with those situations and the unknowns that come at you so suddenly like that? That helps tremendously. Um, And it's been a learning curve. Obviously, when I first started in 2004, 2005, um, I didn't know how to do that. I was kind of by the by the script, by the book, you know, here are a few accidents they'd give us and then I'd write something out and I'd read it. And then just over the years, it became more comfortable to me to kind of make it a story, let it flow. It's like a swan, just, you know, just just let it flow and tell a story. And, you know, there's a car that flipped out of control and and you can't, you know, scream, holy crap, look at that. You, you can't do that. So you're like, and now we have this accident over here. It's blocking the turnpike. And, the, you know, you just keep going as if you didn't right. even right. see that. You just let it flow. And, and that all just comes with experience. Yeah. There's really not because I trained a lot of people doing what I do. You can't sit someone down and express to them and explain to them 14 years of experience. Yeah. You need to right. let people just you got to do it on your own and it'll come to you. And if it yeah. doesn't come to you, you're in the wrong field. Let me ask this. I mean, there's a lot of people that, uh, well, not a lot of people, everybody have, have days where you wake up in the morning, you're just not feeling it. You're maybe something personally happened. You're dealing with a lot of stuff. It's weighing on you. I mean, when you're dealing with live shows, you have to bring your A game. How do you get yourself prepped for that? How do you change your mindset if you're really in a funk or in a bad mood? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that has happened uh, over the years. And you have to just maintain a, a sense of professionalism. I know that we were discussing just recently um, 
October was a very difficult month for me. I was sick twice. My cat passed away suddenly. Mm -hmm. And it was just when you're feeling like that, you're ill, you're down, you don't want to do anything. You want to stay in bed. You want to keep crying and you don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. But I've, you know, been working for 24 years of my life. I'll be 40 next year. And, and it's just, um, that sense of the show goes on, mm -hmm. you know, because I had a, a sniffle or two over the years of my broadcasting career, you still go in. If I was at home sick, it was because I thought I was dying. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in October, it was a couple days after my cat had passed away. Um, Saturday, I had to do a show It was my breast cancer episodes. It was uh, episode two, I want to say. And I wanted so to just tell everyone it's not going to happen. I can't do these episodes. And then I thought, I'm like, that's not, that's not me. Um, my entire career, my entire life, I'm used to, you know, working seven jobs, sometimes those seven jobs in one day. Wow. And I've always just pushed, pushed, pushed. And I pulled myself together as I always do. And I was just like, you know what? The show goes on and I'm going to do it with a smile. And then when we're done, I can cry later. Yeah. And that's how it's been my whole life. Do you feel that sometimes it's the just the getting your body physically moving and actually just getting to where you're trying to get to or starting your day, your work day or going to the gym, whatever it is, that that helps you get there and kind of get the mental side going you get the physical side going first and the mental follows is that yeah, part of it? You know, what always, you know, what always helps me here's, here's my recipe for that kind of success in the morning, pray, and then take a shower. <laughs> it starts your day, just, you know, your prayer yep. and then just cleanse yourself. <laughs> you got it. That's... And uh, showers wakes me up, but yeah, whatever, whatever works for someone, just yeah. get your day going start because if you're moping around the house in your PJs, schlopping around, yeah. you're not being motivated to do anything. Get yeah. up, move your butt. <laughs> yeah. you got to change, you know, I'm a big believer. You've got to, you've got to change your, your pattern, whatever is it, you're doing that if you are in that funk and whether it's a thought pattern or just a pattern of actions and behaviors, you've got to change it, mix it up. You've got to shock the system. And ultimately, that ultimately will help lead the way to get a get to a better mental state. Uh, yeah. But I think that's important. Also, having the routines in the morning that you know, okay, if I do this, if I pray, take a shower, right away that puts me in a better frame of mind. And whatever the routine is, the fact that you have a routine um, helps get the day started off right. It yeah. does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So uh, take me back to the seven jobs. How did you manage seven jobs? And tell us about oh, it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened with, I mean, it was uh, when I was going to school, of course, I was, I had, I purchased my first, the, you know, my first condo I purchased on my 21st birthday. The day I closed on my condo, I had turned 21. And it was, you know, I had always been very, very independent. I've done everything on my own. Um, I'm very successful. And the reason I push is because I don't have anyone else. So you, when you don't have someone to fall back on, you just go, you do it. So now I've got, you know, a car payment. I've got a mortgage payment, insurance that comes with all of that. And you have bills, period. Mm -hmm. um, and when you don't, you know, you can't ask anyone for money. So, you know, 
God Love Radio. And I hadn't been in that just yet. I was still in school at the time. And then, but through, you know, maybe I cut back down to five, four jobs once I started in radio. But to pay the bills, I was doing, you know, anything from, I think I worked at a law firm as a part-time accountant. I worked at the airport. Um, I had oh, I'd done so many things. I've been in the restaurant business, of course, and mm-hmm. I had just done so many different things. And then I had gotten hired by NBC when I was a writer. I was still doing certain jobs. I think I worked at the airport for five years that overflowed all the way into when I was a traffic reporter when I started mm-hmm. in 2004. 2005, I became a, a full-time traffic reporter, but the bill still had to get paid. And again, like I said, God love radio. I love what I do. And there's a passion for that because so many people go into it not making a whole lot of money. And that was the problem. So then I, you know, continued working. I think I worked at Nova Southeastern University. And I was just here. I was there. I was doing voice work at that point, And that didn't turn full time until 2009. Um, so I kind of had two full time jobs. And it was a bit busy because I would go from traffic reporting my hours for 5am to 1pm. I would see sunlight right around when I walked to the car at, you know, between one and one thirty, wow. And then I would sit in the house and record until 9 p.m. at night. So those days were a bit crazy. But that's that's where that comes from. It's just um, I've wow. never had that one job that just, you know, yeah. made all the money. And, and so yeah. I've worked seven jobs. And like I said, sometimes in one day I'd do some voice work and then I'd run out and I'd go do something else. Um, I worked at Nova Southeastern, uh, you know, for a while and I would do that sometimes in between. And that's why I would record later at night. Yeah. So with the, uh, with the news reporting, how did you get your first opportunity? Was there like one breakthrough moment when you went from news writing to reporting? Oh, that's actually really funny. So I was getting a little bit sick of the news writing. I have to say I'd been doing that for a few years and we were all having a bad day. I remember that it was just bad for everyone. And here comes the traffic reporter for NBC and she walked past my desk and I just remember sitting there and I looked up at her and I go, are you hiring? That's it. (laughs) She She handed me her card and she goes, call me. And um, so I did. I gave her a call and she asked me to come in and here's there's something to be said for and now the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale, by the way, is dissolved. But the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale really trained me because I hadn't worked in this scope of things. I I hadn't done I hadn't read news, I should say, on my own just yet. I was writing it, but I hadn't read it. I hadn't been in the field yet doing that. So she says Okay, well, you're as I go in for my interview, you're on air in four minutes. I'm I'm what? I walked in with my resume thinking I'm going to sit down and it's going to be a light. So she sticks me in a newsroom. I know how to work nothing at this point. Now, imagine that you're sitting in a new place. You've got a board. You've got a microphone in front of you, computers, monitors. And she says, go walks out the door and I'm live somewhere. And I figured it out. And that's why I was like, you know, they're superstar. They'd never seen that. I just, I was like, okay, we're going to figure unreal. this out. That's unreal. It was literally the live, this. it was the live news that you were on. It was I reporting. did a five minute newscast. Wow. Maybe that's, maybe I'm a great BSer. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I sat there and I, well, what I had done and for, there's probably plagiarism and everything else that goes along with this. I just pulled up the news sources I knew. You know, I pulled up the Sun Sentinel, Miami Herald, and I just started reading news stories because I didn't have time to reword them or anything. So yeah. I started reading them. Then there was uh, they play a traffic thing for a traffic break. Hadn't known how to report traffic yet. 
and I somehow did it. And then I did some weather. God only knows how that came out. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Is this recorded <laughs> somewhere? Like, do you have this tape? <laughs> no, you know, and I wish I did. I should ask her. I wish yeah. I did, but I'll never forget. So she walks back in the room after I did that. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Wait. She walked in with her mouth open. She goes, I mean, you're hired. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And I just... And that's how it, it all started. And, I, wow. you know, that's what but that's what you pay attention in school. <laughs> yeah. Just learn what you need to learn. But uh, wow. that was the most nerve wracking day of my life. I will bet. And you had no idea. That's a really cool story. I, just, I had no uh, idea how to even turn the microphone on. Well, but I, I figured just it thinking, out. You know, before you and I started the problems that I had, I've been done now 100 plus episodes and I still have tr trouble. I'm like, well, why is this not recorded? Uh, I can't imagine that going into that situation, that much pressure. And obviously you shone bright and she and you got a job. That's so that's how your your uh, reporting career started from that. That's it amazing. is. And then I was a traffic reporter after that. And I did. But that's how I rule my whole life. You just yeah. do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Just do it. Well, think about, you know, talking about just do it. And I, I'm a big believer, you know, you only prepare so much. At some point, you've got to just do it. You've got to take the leap. You took a major leap. You did something that most people and I, I know you talk to a lot of people I do, too, that that are they want to or they wanted to or they've for their good part of their career have had a dream about doing something, being on their own, taking a leap, and they never do it. Ninety five percent of people, maybe even ninety nine percent of people never do it. And you did what people have talked about doing. And that's going from a really stable, successful career that you knew. And you took a big leap. Why don't you tell us about that? I'd love to hear the story of what it took to do that. What did it take to do that? Oh, my goodness. You know, it took a lot of sacrifice, I have to tell you. Um, you know, what's funny. I want to take it back real quick to when I was also teaching at the Miami Media School. That was one of the other jobs I had had. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll move into how I had gone into the full time work, just voiceover work. Mm -hmm. But when I was teaching, um, there are many students who were paying a lot to go to school who didn't take it seriously. And I couldn't figure that out. And it's funny, um, out of my class at the Art Institute back in the early 2000s, I'm the only one that stuck with broadcasting. And I still to this day, I'll get a LinkedIn message from a one of my, you know, former fellow students. And they'll say to me, you realize you're the only one still in this? Because because it's not about the money. Like I said, radio is just, you need seven jobs. That's the unfortunate thing. Unless you make it big and you've got a syndicated show in the morning that pays you 600000 a year, yeah. you're not making that as a regular person just on the radio. Um, so I took it seriously. I took it further. I'm just used to pushing. So I worked seven jobs and I made it work. Other people stepped out of it and they're doing very well selling cars or whatever they're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, and now I take that to teaching at the Miami Media School. And I was just kind of like, why are these people not taking this seriously? This is an expensive school. Mm -hmm. And some people were very successful who came out of it. I'm so proud of some of my students and others are just, they flunked out. They didn't do so hot. And I can't figure that out. Mm -hmm. So now you take... Someone like me, who I have a whole lot of just, I push myself, I want to do well in this, I want to, and every, I'm a perfectionist, I want to do well in everything that I do. So 
I, you know, went ahead and just made the leap to once I think 15 years of traffic reporting was enough, the stress and anxiety of, of being in there all, you know, morning long and the five to one with no sleep. And like I said, I'm getting older. <laughs> I just decided that it was time to take this leap and move from all this reporting and this anxiety that I, that I had all, all down in South Florida. And I moved to North Florida and now I am, you know, doing everything on my own. I am, I, I've created Erica Del Sordo Productions LLC. And from that, I operate all of my voiceover work and it's me, you know, there's something to be said about that because it's no longer working for someone else. When I can't record something, that's on me. You can't just call the next person in. All right. So Erica's not at work today. Uh, so we're going to have someone else step in and do her job. There's no one else to do my job. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm sick with a sinus infection or something, um, I need to get rid of that quick because people want their voice work in less than a couple days and it needs to go away now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So whole different so type it, of pressure. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm working harder, honestly, because when you're and I don't. I don't want to knock anyone, but I'm saying, you know, when you work for someone, it's very easy. Well, I have a sick day, so I'm just going to take a sick day. You don't get that when you work for yourself. Right. Exactly. If you're out, then you're not making money if you're, if you're down. Uh, right. so, so how, what, first of all, what is the voiceover business like for people that, and I'm one of them, I've wa I'd wanted to get into the voiceover business. So this whole part of me that has this fascination with it. Um, uh, what's it like to be a voiceover artist? It's fun. That's also very fun because it's all different. I've done radio commercials from when I was down south. I do a lot of on-hold messaging, and I was very fortunate to take my South Florida companies that I worked for up to North Florida with me because I had the studio set up, and it was just a, a very simple transition. Um, if you're uh, listening to a on-hold Pizza Hut, you know, you're probably listening to my voice, and it's funny. I get a phone call every now and then from friends and they're like, I'm on hold with such and such and I'm listening to you. <laughs> so funny. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've done um, infomercials. I've got that on my website as well, ericadelsordo.com. Um, I've done different infomercials. I've done voiceovers for restaurants who want uh, a website commercial where if you go to their website, then you can see the video that we did. I was working with a company at the time. And so I voiced over a video for that restaurant and uh, just many different things. And it's fun. It's yeah. so much fun. Cause like I said, it's, it's all different. I get to use a different voice. There's another company where I'm voicing for children. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a whole learning thing. It's called top score writing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the voice of that. And so when you're looking at these little minions on the screen, teaching the children, that's mm -hmm. my voice. And I'm talking like a kid as best I can. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, what's interesting people, most people don't realize how precise the business is. I mean, it's not just, you know, talking into a mic recording and you're done in 30 seconds. I mean, there, I, I went to a class I took on voiceover art, art, artistry and I was amazed at how exact and really specific the client would be with regard to what they're looking for and uh, whether, how you pronounce a word, the tonality, the pitch, the volume, the pace. I mean, all this that factors in and you might do 10 different takes or versions and they really do sound very different. And there's so much variability and in, in interpretation that you have to do in terms of what they're looking for. Is that, is, is that challenging? And first of all, am I right about that? And is that challenging as a voiceover you artist? Are, you are, there's, you know, there's one, <clears throat> 
commercial that I had done down south that was extraordinarily difficult in the sense of this. And if you again, go to my website and you'll find O Palm Beach. It's uh, O Palm Beach Resort and Spa. I sat in a recording session. It was the classic. I had the seven executives on the other side of the glass. They were all listening and watching the commercial as it went by. And then I was behind the glass with a microphone and my cup of coffee and I was doing the read. Now, I've been not to blow smoke up my own, you know what I'm saying, but usually it's just one and done. I would do a read because I've done it for so many years and it would be done. They're like, okay, thanks. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. This one was, I was in there for three hours. Let's start there. It was a three hour session and my reading type, I don't know, you know, it's, it's corporate uh, girl next door, friendly. I just have a very friendly read. Mm-hmm. And they had pulled me off of one of the sites that I'm on. And they said, okay, we want you to sound, I don't know, it's a, it's a bad word. They, you know, they, they were like, you have to sound like a, a nasty person. Yeah. Uh, and I go, okay, you pulled me off this site and that's yeah. not what I do. Yeah. So that's what made it very difficult. They wanted a very dry read. They wanted the woman to sound nasty. Hmm. Um, I can't even describe it. And, and so it was just was not, they said, we don't want any inflection. Well, that's what I do. Um, I inflect. (laughs) Yeah. That's strange. So this was very difficult. They didn't like anything. And then it was about two hours and 55 minutes into it. I started getting very angry. (laughs) I I was hungry. I was tired. I'm like, okay. And that's the that's the read they took. They liked that I sounded annoyed and upset. And so you'll Maybe listen that, to this commercial that's and funny. you'll hear that. And it still doesn't sound that bad. But Maybe that was part of their plan. Just, they just wanted to get you angry and I have you. I think you picked the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, so there's, is there a lot of competitiveness? I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big industry. And people don't mm-hmm. realize there's a lot of genres. I mean, from you know the the corporate trainings and the voicemails and the 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 documentaries and the you know whatever cartoons whatever. There's a lot of different genres, right? There are, and I always tell people also because every I do get a lot. I love your voice. I love your voice. And I was born with the voice, honestly. Like I said on the radio, 22 years ago at the police department, they would be like, "You have a great radio voice." Well, it wasn't even perfected yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was just born with it, but you don't have to have a radio sounding voice. If you think about it, and some of it is acting, but if you think about it, you know, I could never on a television commercial play the voice of a male surfer, you know, Mm -hmm. what's up dudes, you know, like you need the voice of everyone. And so, and the same thing goes for not everyone on television needs to look like Cindy Crawford, uh, you know, and uh, Hugh Grant, or, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? It's everyone it encompasses everyone if you look at you know at that you can have any kind of voice because you never know who's looking for what mm-hmm. and the same thing goes for your face and your body yeah. that doesn't you know necessarily eliminate anyone so even though i have a corporate sounding voice and i get told all the time i like your voice um it has nothing to do with that you can be a voice artist and still do work mm-hmm. successfully because mm-hmm. that's needed yeah it's i think that and there's a good takeaway there because i think a lot of people also feel like they need to be the master of everything uh and i dealt with the, with this when i was starting my business uh about how broad do you go versus how narrow and specific and there's a lot to be said for really being very narrow specific 
and really being excellent at that one very narrow specific area versus trying to wear every hat that's out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly what you're saying. So yeah. it's um, yeah. sometimes I have to tell you, I got a job um, and they were like, well, we need this. They wanted me to sound like a man. I kid you not. So I'm like, let me find one of my male <laughs> friends who can do this for you. <laughs> so it's interesting what people request, what people, you know, the resources yeah. that you need and that it's yeah. just very interesting. Now, did you get or do you get coaching? No, but you know what? I am going to look into that. I recently had, um, I had a bit of an issue with my voice and I went to the doctor. This is just recent. Um, what's today? No, I went last week. <laughs> so I went to the doctor last week and we were discussing, you know, my voice and why is it doing this? And so they went down with a scope. They looked at my vocal cords. My vocal cords are beautiful. We can't figure out why I get, you know, the scratchiness I get sometimes. Maybe it's allergies. Um, but with that said, he was discussing with me about a coach. And he, you know, he said, don't take any offense to that. I said, I don't take offense to anything. That's, you know, fine by me. But, you know, we were discussing everyone has a coach. Brad Pitt gets a, you know, an acting coach before every big gig and, and look who he is. Mm -hmm. um, everyone has a coach for something. Opera singers, they have a coach. So we had discussed that. And I said, well, that's wonderful. I'd never thought of that. And so now I'm going to look into probably getting coaching because I don't know why sometimes I'm straining my voice and it might just be because I've never had that proper coaching. I speak the way I speak. I've done it for many years and I've never realized maybe I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> mm. Well, it is, it is amazing at how, uh, and you do speak phenomenally well and you enunciate very well. I've lived in, uh, probably 30 different places in my life and many spots around the country. So you pick up accents at different points. I know when I went in for, you know, some, uh, doing some, some, uh, learning about voiceovers, they're like, yeah, you gotta get rid of your accent. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't realize I have an accent. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you got a big accent, you know? Uh, so that's another thing people I think can get coached, right. They can get coached out of those accents and somebody wanting to get into the voiceover business. I guess the mm -hmm. point is that, you know, you can, you some people naturally have, great enunciation and great voice, but there's a lot of opportunity to, to learn and develop that too. It's not just a God-given gift. It's something that can be developed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there are certain things you do, you know, it's funny in the morning, we'd make a joke out of it when I was doing traffic reporting, but the gentleman who was in the helicopter and myself, we would do our, you know, your exercises and would be over the mic because he's in the air and I'm going, <laughs> ah, you know, and yeah. you do these, these <laughs> stupid, weird, but you really did because it's five in the morning. I didn't wake up at 1am. I rolled out of bed <laughs> jumped in the shower, yeah. got to work. I haven't spoken a word. So mm. now I'm sitting down and my voice is not what it is at 3 p.m. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to sit there and you have to do stupid things and start singing and open your mouth wide and start exercising your voice because there were mornings when I would sit down and I would go to report and I'm like, whew, that was a bad one. Mm. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, right. because I just wasn't ready to go yet. And it sounded like I was sleeping. And then there's something to be said about that. You know, in that industry, being live and stuff, you can't sound that. That's a big part of where I get my my oomph, you know. Yeah. You can't go on the air because you're tired, sounding like you're tired. I couldn't go on and be like, oh, traffic. Right. You got 
it doesn't matter if you're ready for your deathbed. You better sound like I do right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. There's no time for sounding yeah. any other way other than awake and alive. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, uh, for those people who might be listening or watching to this at a different period of time, we're right at the beginning, January 2021. We've just finished 2020. How has COVID affected your uh, both your, your voiceover business and also I want to talk about your podcast, which you have. How has COVID impacted those? Yes, actually a lot. I'm happy that you you want to discuss this because, oh, my goodness, I had just had a podcast myself talking about just the blessing and the curse of 2020. That pandemic, um, my podcast was born, and that was a scary thing, and we'll get to, to that in a moment. But, you know, at the same time, I lost a lot of voice work when the pandemic initially happened, and it, I think it was in its prime in like March, April everyone got scared. Businesses shut down. So all the voice work that I do for companies, uh, all the on hold messaging, and of course, the commercials, everything just shut down. Mm. And I'm sitting here going, Oh, I still have bills. Yeah, <laughs> right. What What do you do with that? And, and fortunately, um, because of the pandemic and everything, you make some phone calls and you tell people, hey, I don't have a paycheck coming in. And there was a lot of leniency there. Yeah. Um, but it really only started to pick back up end of the summer. Mm-hmm. That really affected my voice work. And that right. that is scary because yeah. you don't have anything to fall back on. I wasn't I'm not working for a company where I've got um, vacation time and, and sick time and, you know, everything else that you can maybe fall fall back on. Mm-hmm. But you kept going. You kept doing your podcast. Tell us about mm-hmm. the podcast. What's what do audiences get when they listen to your podcast, which I've been on and I love your podcast. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So this was born out of of COVID. Um, And again, it was scary because I'd never done anything like this. I'd never interviewed folks, uh, you know, for a living. Maybe I'd done it a few times back in school in 2001 or something like that, but never this extent. And again, I'm not used to being in front of the camera a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So this was scary for me. But the reason it was born is because I had a, a cousin, my mother's age, but she was dying of, of brain cancer and I was over her house with her daughter, my cousin, and we're talking and she was telling me, she's like, this is nuts. She has three kids at home. She owns her own insurance company. She's one of my, she's my very first podcast, March 23rd, 2020. And um, so she has the insurance business. Not only is she taking a cut, she had to cut her employees because nothing's coming in. Um, so now she's got to homeschool her kids and her mom is dying. Mm. This was like, so I sat there and I thought I have had so many people ask me to do a podcast and I was like, I need to buck up like I always do and let's do it. Mm -hmm. I got on zoom and I, you know, did it on my cell phone the first few times and I said, let's do it. And the funny thing is out of her show, it was so, um, empowering, if you will, because people were like, oh my gosh, you know, everyone's going through the same thing. You got kids at home. What do you do with that? I've never homeschooled, you know, kind of like that. Um, You know, her business, there were a lot of my friends own their own businesses. So they're like, wow, what is she doing? Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole, you know, her mother was dying and it got to the point where she couldn't even visit her mom. Her mother ended up passing April 16th of 2020. Mm. But but um, that's where this was born. And what was so amazing is that I had so much amazing feedback from that one show where, again, I thought I was a disaster. 
because I didn't really know what I was doing. I had a few questions lined up. She's my cousin. So it made it a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. than doing this with a stranger. But I stuck this on social media and it blew up. I had uh, interviews up the wazoo. For the next several months, I was booked. I had a podcasting company, Skyhawk Radio, Skyhawk Radio. um, And here's another testament to when you remain professional your whole life. I had done some voice work with him down south as well, but he was one of my teachers. Uh, Brian Campbell was one of my teachers at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And he had asked me for several years, start a podcast, start a podcast. And I just didn't. And when I put this on social media, this first podcast with my cousin, He must have seen it because he calls me up and he goes, are you ready to do this? (laughs) I said, oh, I guess so. So now he handles my audio portion of my podcast. Mm, Great. That's fantastic. And do you love it? I love it. I really do love it. Talk about something different all the time. I know I had you on recently. If everyone, everyone can go and find your show. That was recent in 2020. It was one of the later ones. And, um, it's, there's always something different. I love speaking to people. I love learning new things from people. Um, I'm sticking with what I know. I'm doing the, the YouTube portion of my podcast. So I'm editing the video and I'm doing what I did 20 years ago in school. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's very exciting. And I'm so happy that, that, uh, that the podcast was born out of the pandemic. Well, that's amazing. Well, I, I'm inspired by everything you've done. I love your story. I know we're, uh, the time has flown by and we're running short on time, but uh, what w- you've got an audience of people that I'm sure are very interested in what you've been talking about, um, about taking leaps and doing what you're passionate about and even the stories that you've told that have shared, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone, everything. What parting words do you want to share? I mean, what would be this one piece of advice to the listeners out there that coming off maybe a really tough year, maybe looking at 2021, not knowing what to expect, what advice would you give to them? If you have a passion to do something, um, do it. Don't wait and make sure you love what you do because it really makes life that much easier. When I crack the microphone, you know, I open the mic and I I start my recordings or I know that I'm in the right spot, that I'm doing what I want to do and something that I do well. And I love that. So I think to keep everyone's sanity in life, do something that you love. And I understand that sometimes you got to go outside of that because you need a paycheck, bills are due. But start somewhere, you know, start somewhere, maybe work outside of that job that you have and start with your passion Mm -hmm. and make it grow, make it grow. You know, I want to mention one of the other one of the other um, guests that I had on my show Uh, It was a gentleman here in North Florida with me. Him and his wife are fantastic people, but he works for a corporate company and him and his uh, friends started a greenhouse business. And I have him on the show. It was one of my earlier shows. But there you go. You know, he still has this corporate business. They're trying to see how this turns out. They're doing very well with their greenhouses. They've actually been building them throughout the country, more so out of Florida, which is ironic. Um, But that's what you do. You just start somewhere and make yourself happy and do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I love it. Great advice. And I could not agree more. And that's such a good, good thought to uh, leave the audience with. So if people want to find out more about you, they want to follow you, they want to listen to your podcast. How do they do that? 
Well, you can find me on today's talk with Erica.com. And I have a blog as well. So I've been writing that. So there's a blog there. You can find all of my audio podcasts there as well. Um, EricaDelSordo.com. If you would like to check out my voice work, you can also find my podcast there as well. But there's so many different things that you can find on these different ones. So today's talk with Erica.com, EricaDelSordo.com. And from there, you can find all of my social media links. Just find me anywhere. And, uh, it, by the way, there's advertising uh, abilities as well with my new mobile app. I now have a mobile app. That's amazing. This is what I mean. Brian Campbell set me up with a wonderful gentleman who uh, put me on the Android and iOS app. And mm -hmm. so now I've got opportunities for folks to advertise with me. And there you can watch the YouTube video if you click on it, or you can just listen straight out of the app. So mm -hmm. it's wonderful. I love that. I'll have to talk to you about that. That's interesting. Well, excellent. It has been so much fun having you on here. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your story. It is inspiring. I know you've impacted people that have been listening, and I hope you come back again sometime. I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Excellent. And thanks, everybody, for watching today. We've been here with Erica Del Sordo, professional voiceover artist, uh, podcaster, and an inspiring story of success. Uh, thank you for joining today. Make sure, as always, you share, subscribe, give the the uh, the thumbs up, add comments, go down below, give the five-star review. You know all this stuff. And again, have a great day. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.